0: This podcast is recorded in front of a live studio audience at Legend Comics in Omaha, Nebraska. Okay, if you f*** this up, I'll kill you. Hi, this is Christopher McLucas, and you're listening to the Two-Headed Nerd pod- uh, Comic Cast with Joe and Matt. <laughs> Almost! Now you die! Break it, break it down like this!
1: Welcome to episode 53 of THN we're talking comics and nerd news for the week of Wednesday, February 8th and as always we're reading your tweets while we do it so don't forget to tweet us at TwoHeadedNerd on the Twitter. My name is Matt Bomb and when I'm not desperately trying to finish Mass Effect 2 before part 3 comes out in like
2: 3 weeks here, I'm writing about and appraising comics for workpoint.com And I'm Joe Patrick, artist and co-creator of Good Plus Online and when I'm not skipping D&D night to go play bingo in a church basement, I'm the manager of Legend Comics in Omaha, Nebraska. His hardest Full of love, ladies and gentlemen This week
1: you'll hear reviews of Conan the Barbarian, number one And Adventure Time, number one After that, we'll review ten comics Too fast to let anyone know if we like them or not In Ludicrous Speed Round And then, we'll pay a visit to the THN Sanctum Sanctorum Where the power of Satan Will allow us to discuss the future of next week's comics And finally, DJ and I will put on our tweed vests and spectacles To play two-headed comic professor As we answer your questions in the monthly Ask a Nerd segment, but before we get to all that product placement and shameless self-promotion, let's take a second to hope that if we're out there slinging passes on the losing team in the Super Bowl, our ladies would tell you to f*** off for smack talking, just like Giselle Budgen did, then we'll talk about this week's big news. No idea what I'm talking about, do you? I do! That's Tom Brady's wife. Giselle Budge... Budge... Budgie. Budgie Budge... Munchkin. Giselle Munchkin. Giselle Munchkin told a bunch of guys to f*** off! Yeah! You know what, before we get into it, read us a tweet first, Joe, because this one's gonna dovetail nicely into the first story.
2: Don't give it away. Our first tweet of the night comes from Richard Young Street. Any thoughts on Tony Moore suing Robert Kirkman?
1: We we got another tweet the other night, too, from uh, the Burt Wieners podcast guys that said, Oh, I can't wait to hear what those crybaby liberal babies have to say. Is it about are this? we
2: that <laughs> obvious? It was a pretty brutal week in the comics industry this week. According to The Hollywood Reporter, artist Tony Moore filed suit against his childhood friend and Walking Dead co-creator Robert Kirkman on Thursday. In the complaint filed with the Los Angeles Superior Court, Moore claims he was tricked by Kirkman into turning over his interest in the property Trick. to the writer. And that Kirkman has gone on to profit greatly from The Walking Dead success, while Moore himself has made, quote, very little. The lawsuit also states that Moore's original agreement with Kirkman granted the artist a much larger piece of ownership in the property, but a later deal that preceded the AMC show transferred most of that interest over to Kirkman. I don't quite understand that. Yeah, that sounds kind of weird, right? Uh, According to Moore, he was, quote, swindled out of his uh, interest in The Walking Dead and the profits made from its success. Robert Kirkman's attorney told The Hollywood Reporter that the lawsuit is totally frivolous saying quote mr moore is owed no money at all and mr moore's contract has an attorney's fees clause in it so we will be going after him to collect attorney's fees we are taking this matter very seriously (laughs) at this point it is impossible to know the whole story and we're not talking about some corporate giant no screwing over a creator
1: this is buddy versus buddy
2: uh, yeah, and taking what's rightfully theirs. This is just a very ugly, very public fight between two old friends, and it is a shame that the situation has come to this.
1: Okay, well, contrary to what Bert Wieners thinks I'm going to say, I'm, I'm not taking Tony Moore's side here. I'm sorry, but if there's one thing that creators should have learned by now, that is to make sure you own what you do. And Image Comics is all about making sure these guys own what they do. So it seems to me that Tony Moore signed something that says... You no longer own what
2: you do. Well, I mean, okay. he did own it. And what I don't quite understand, if you read the article, it says that he controlled a sizable portion of the interest in The Walking Dead.
1: And he gave that and up. he
2: gave it up to Robert Kirkman in advance of the TV deal because the deal was going to fall through if he didn't. The only thing I can— I as- don't
1: get it. I don't—who knows. The only thing I can assume is that there was some kind of cash settlement where they said, look— you can buy in on the show and see what happens, or buy out right now. I mean, I don't know, but that's what it sounds yeah, like to me.
2: Is that there is really there are no answers to be had at this point, and t- only time will tell. I, but I'm sorry, at this point in time, when we've read how many
1: stories about the Kirby estate getting screwed, and Joel and Jerry, you know, Siegel and Schuster getting screwed, there's no way. That Moore didn't have a lawyer present to look this stuff over. And if he did, that's his well, fault. He may- I find it really hard to believe he was swindled or tricked. Right, right. That's what just... Though, words like that right there. Man, I hate to say it's it. It's
2: inflammatory.
1: It's inflammatory. And that might be your own fault if you were tricked.
2: Well, and again, they, they might... When they conceived The Walking Dead, Robert Kirkman was nobody. Yeah. When Invincible and The Walking Dead came out. So it could be that they didn't have... A bunch of lawyers looking over the stuff. Maybe they did. There's no way. Maybe they didn't. There's TV involved. No way there weren't lawyers present. Well, but there wasn't TV involved then. Well, and going back a little bit in the history of The Walking Dead, Tony Moore drew six issues of The Walking Dead.
1: The first six and that's it.
2: And I will see that he co-created it, but to me, Charlie Adler deserves a bigger piece of the pie than tony moore does he's certainly done more of the hard work and now that tony moore now that the show is a success tony moore is like where's mine it makes you look bad and it makes him look really bad again we don't know and we're just spitballing at this point but it's just a shame that these two like childhood friends like literally that it's come to this it's it's too bad Speaking of
1: corporate giants screwing creators, the long-running courtroom battle between Marvel Characters Incorporated and Ghostwriter creator Gary Friedrich took a turn in Marvel's favor this week. Friedrich sued Marvel, Columbia Pictures, Hasbro, and just about everyone else for copyright infringement in 2007, claiming that a failure to register a copyright for Ghostwriter on Marvel's part Caused full ownership of the character to revert to the writer. Marvel countersued for damages against Friedrich for unauthorized sales of Ghostwriter merchandise that the writer sold at convention appearances. In December, the United States District Court threw out Friedrich's four year old case against Marvel, stating that whether or not Ghostwriter was work for hire was irrelevant, since Friedrich endorsed checks from the publisher which contained legal language that relinquished ownership of rights. Now, Friedrich's lawyers have reached an agreement with Marvels. Marvel will drop its countersuit against Friedrich if the writer agrees to pay $17,000 in damages, cease his sale of ghostwriter products, and agrees to stop promoting himself as the creator of Ghostwriter for financial gain. Friedrich is expected to appeal the overall decision, but Marvel will be able to reassert its counterclaim if he doesn't comply and fork over the 17 grand within
2: 90 days.
1: This is sad. It is sad. This is sad, but at the same time...
2: <laughs> it's complicated. Yes,
1: it's very complicated. This was work for hire, and
2: that's, well, that I, was the order of actually, the day. I, when I was looking this up, there's a little more to it than that. He created the character on his own and agreed to let Marvel publish it in and Marvel I was gonna, Spotlight. I was
1: going to go on to say that Gary Friedrich did, in fact, create Ghostwriter. Yes, yes. We know that.
2: But, I mean, he wasn't a publisher. He was just a writer. No. And... So he had an agreement with Marvel that wasn't, it wasn't exactly a creator-owned agreement, but it also wasn't exactly, come write this character, Ghost Rider, right, and we'll pay you for it. Gary Friedrich did create the character, whether or not. Marvel forgot <laughs> to register the copyright that's or whatever. Just, that is bizarre. We're not lawyers. Whoops! So we don't know. <laughs> that seems unlikely. But well, that sounds like I could have run
1: up and be like, oh, I own him now, you know? <laughs> well, you could have. Yeah, that's basically I, like, his
2: case. Sorry, suckers. Screw you, Nicolas Cage. Ghost Rider is mine. <laughs> but yeah, so he's saying that because Marvel failed to renew their copyright... Uh, the rights were reverted back to him in 2001, and it took him six years to decide, ooh, I can sue for money. Yeah. When the movie came out. The whole thing is, it sounds wacky. And now, I feel bad again, for Again, we are really going against our liberal leanings, but I don't want to say that Marvel's in the right, but the fact of the matter is they paid him with checks that had legal language stamped on them that right. said if you endorse these checks, you cede ownership of this work to Marvel Comics. Well, and the real fact, and of the he matter, signed them.
1: The real fact of the matter is, it doesn't matter what was going on if there's a court case involved. You don't assume that you're going to win and go sell a bunch of bootleg stuff.
2: Well, this has happened over many, many years, and I get that too. But man,
1: well, here's where that's I just setting yourself up to get your ass kicked. Yeah, that's
2: all that is. Well, here's where I'm going back to my hippie roots. What is a shame is that Marvel countersuit at all. Yeah. Seventeen thousand dollars, really? I, really, Gary I wish, Friedrich is penniless, if like it, literally. If it were
1: up to me, they would say, "Look, we own Ghost Rider. Sorry, you got screwed. Have a nice day. You know, and let it go because it's it really is lame to make him pay the damages. And I hope they
2: uh, what is ultimately a paltry sum from right. Marvel.
1: Absolutely, and, and going as far as to say that you're not allowed to appear as the you
2: can't say that the you're creator. the creator of Ghost Rider. Yeah, for at financial games, that is that stings. That's terrible, but. Now, he can still charge to sign his autograph on stuff. Sure. But it has to be on Marvel merchandise. Um And he is a really nice guy. He's a really nice guy. Yeah. It, it is too I've bad that they've they're kind of kicking him while he's down. Yeah. But ultimately, he was selling bootlegged Marvel stuff, like prints and t-shirts and that you, he had printed up. You can't do that. It, We're period. not talking about, for example, Tony Moore drawing a sketch of and a selling it at a convention. Yeah. This is him taking a Marvel character and reproducing merchandise and selling it for money. Yeah, you just can't do that. It was a bad idea. You
1: cannot do that. And I feel sorry for the guy, but you're I mean he broke the law when he did that, unfortunately.
2: And finally <laughs> I'd like to say that this is on the brighter side, but <laughs> Smallville fans rejoice. Hooray. DC Comics Source blog announced on Thursday that the show will be continuing in comic form. By the former Batgirl creative team of Brian Q. Miller and Pere Perez. I thought it was a misprint. It was supposed to be Perez Perez. Perez Perez. (laughs) Smallville Season 11. Oh, thank God. Will launch digitally in weekly chapters beginning on April 13th. And a print edition collecting the chapters will be published monthly starting in May. The comic will pick up right where the show left off with Clark Kent operating as Superman. Chloe Sullivan's married to Oliver Queen. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Pardon me.
2: Artist Cat Stags will provide covers for each digital chapter. Who's Cat Skags? I don't know. Cat St- Stags. Cat
1: Stags. She sounds like she hops trains and sings hobo
2: songs. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Crack, go on I don't care. She sure. was a tough one, that Cat Stags. Nobody gave her a tough time. Cat <laughs> Stags <laughs> will provide covers for each digital chapter, and Gary Frank will cover each print issue. That's staggering. Now, Matt, I know how much you loved Smallville. Yes. How excited are you oh. on a scale of 10 to a million? My nipples have burst through my shirt
1: <laughs> in excitement. <laughs> I could not care less about this. This is what this is. This is DC testing the waters to see hey, maybe we'll take uh, something that was a lot more popular than our comics, make a digital comic of it, and see if we can make way more money than actually printing comics. And Uh, if it works, we'll just get rid of all these crappy comics. (laughs) We'll go all digital. And it will spin the whole universe out of Smallville because everybody liked that more because it was on TV, right? I think... This is dumb. Have you taken your medication? (laughs) This is just dumb. This is DC testing the water to see if they can sell digital comics and make a crap load of money. They're using Smallville because they own it already and they think that everybody loves it because it was on television for as long as it was. Nobody wants to read this. Nobody does. I don't think that's true. Keith is like the biggest Smallville fan I know. He's not going to read that. He might. No, he won't. Because I will punish him if he does. I,
2: I have to give credit to DC for trying a digital original. I mean, as a comic book but retailer... Is it, this it an original? <laughs> is it? But not a stupid I know it's Smallville and I know you don't like it, yeah. but they're trying something. They're trying to reach an audience and get them into comics. And if people come to comics because they like Smallville... Well, maybe that's a good thing. And at least Brian Q. Miller actually did work on Smallville. I do like Brian Q. Miller. a very talented guy. I wish he was writing something else. I will not be reading the Smallville. Not me
1: either. That is the big news for this week. If you'd like to discuss these stories or anything we missed, hit us up on Facebook, where I have compiled complaints for a suit against DJ here, including, but not limited to, sexual harassment, Famous in- insider trading corporate malfeasance after draining the THN coffers to buy a controlling interest in something called the pull list podcast I don't even know what they're that is they're young up and comers I don't even know what that is
2: <laughs> before we move on Joe Patrick read us a tweet our next tweet comes from John at the Burnt Wieners podcast who asks when you pass on <laughs> I love this one already <laughs> what comic book artist do you want to draw your life story ooh that is a great one Larry Stroman
1: I, uh, want, <laughs> I want Larry Strowman to draw mine because I love him so much and I just want him to have work I love him <sighs> really yes he drew my alien legion I love him so much <laughs> uh, Darwin Cook I want Darwin Cook to draw my life story oh that's an easy one what do you want from you're me you're just saying that because he'll make you look sexy that's right <laughs> It's review time here at THN, and as always, DJ and I had a winner-takes-all pig-pong battle to see who went first, and DJ was able to force more air through his squishy pig's nose, thereby defeating me in a match that would have brought tears to any tennis fan's eyes. You don't know what pig-pong is, do you? I don't. You had the squishy pigs, and you squeezed them, and air came out, and it blew a little, like, (laughs) wiffle ball back and forth over a net, and it was impossible to play. It looked so much fun on Saturday Morning Cartoon Commercials. It was impossible to play. Man. The game was but uh, m- I am a master. Yeah, but you <laughs> somehow mastered it That's and defeated true. me. true. Having never heard of it. What a piece of <laughs> shit game. Tell us about what you read this week, Joe Patrick.
2: <sighs> My pick of the week was Adventure Time number one from uh, Boom Studios, I guess it would be their Kaboom imprint. Kaboom. I didn't fact check that. Yes. Uh, this one's written by Ryan North, who is the creator of the very funny webcomic Dinosaur Comics. I've never read it. It's pretty It's pretty funny. That's what I've heard. Uh, and uh, the art is by Shelley Paralyn, or Paralyn. Paralyn. So this is the story of... Finn the human and Jake the dog Well first let's give a little
1: background of where this comes from For those of you who don't know I am Adventure Time is a kids show A cartoon on Cartoon Network That has been adapted I was just saying that You stopped
2: me from saying it It It's the story of Finn and Jake And they live, apparently They live in a post-apocalyptic world Yes (laughs) A post-post-apocalyptic world Where
1: Finn is basically the last human The last
2: mutated human Yeah And I don't know if they ever tell you that on the show. They don't. But it's there. Yeah. You can see it. So, yes, this is a show on the Cartoon Network. I have only seen a handful of times. So, my exposure to it is very limited. I was, uh, what I've seen I've enjoyed and I was excited to read the comic to see if it, you know, was able to fill me in on some things. And I really enjoyed it. Uh, Basically, this is the story of Finn and Jake, their best buds. Jake is a dog with weird... Shape-changing powers. Plastic man powers, basically. (laughs) They have to kind of combat this weird lich that has been freed from a bag of holding. And now the bag of holding is sucking up everything in the world, the world of oo. Finn and Jake basically live
1: in this sort of... Cartoony, childish Dungeons and Dragons type right, world right. that's inhabited with monsters and Candy witches. Kingdoms. Yeah, and like princesses of all different shapes and sizes. Sure, sure.
2: <laughs> and there's you know there's magic and there's vampires and one of their best friends is a is a goth vampire girl that likes to play rock and roll.
1: Marceline. Marceline. Who is also a human, but she's a vampire. That's why she's still around. Right.
2: Oh, obviously. Yeah. She's thousands of years yeah. old, but don't tell anybody. She doesn't like to talk about it. And so I read this comic without a whole lot of background with the show and i have to say they did a great job uh from what little i know and it, like the tone was perfect absolutely perfect i i know enough that i was actually hearing a jake and finn's voices in my head as i read yeah and i was able to like Inflect a little of my own knowledge
1: Yeah see I watch this show religiously And have been for a long time because I love this Artist that Pendleton Ward Pendleton Ward thank you I love him And he's worked on a bunch of other animated projects As well he's so talented And there there is such an original Voice to these stories They're quirky they're fun They're ridiculous and like I stumbled Upon it really and fell in love with it And then another friend of mine who Does, does not read comics has children That watch Cartoon Network He started watching it with his son and he he contacted me and said, Do you watch this show? Because I love it. (laughs) It's like it's like Thundar the Barbarian, if it were hilarious, you know, like and not on accident. You know (laughs) (laughs) It's just it's so much fun and it, it's like it's action packed it's ridiculous there's funny fart jokes and stuff <laughs> I mean, like it's true and they captured everything that was great and quirky and awkward about the show and really did a fantastic job putting it in the comic the art is very similar like uh, remarkably similar to the animation on the show mm-hmm. there's two stories in this one
2: yeah there's a backup story about the character tree Trunks, who is a green tiny elephant and
1: cinnamon bun who is a cinnamon bun <laughs> <laughs>
2: right and and uh, there's a, a mystery revolving some cider and where c- a certain type of cider is coming from. <laughs> we'll tell you where it's it, coming from. It, like but it was the, really funny.
1: The punchline of the story is when Jake turns to Finn and says, "This cider tastes like a donut's armpit." <laughs> <laughs> it was totally great. But they they captured everything that was so great about the show in the comic and added a little bit to it as well. Like there was like subscripts.
2: Yeah, there was tiny uh, text in the margins of most of the pages and it was it was basically the author talking to the reader saying did you know this isn't this cool (laughs) and it was just really fun it's just up and down start to finish I loved it and the first thing I did when I got when I finished reading it was I checked the DVR at home for as many episodes of Adventure Time that are coming up and I set to record them all I think I'm gonna do my best to follow the show It, it was a really good time I would not hesitate to put this in the hands of any adult or kid. Yeah. Uh, uh, any this, kid or an adult with a good sense of this humor. This is a
1: fun one to read with your little guy. I mean, absolutely. If you've got kids, pick up this comic and throw it at them. They will fall in love with this.
2: That that said, it did sell out prior to yeah. publication. There is a
1: second printing coming And there's very a second soon. printing
2: coming. If Boom is smart, they'll keep this thing perpetually in print. Oh, yeah. There was a great variant cover by Jeffrey Brown. And it's basically... I love Jeffrey Brown. Jake as a giant and he's fighting off a horde of uh, living d20s <laughs> and it's really really awesome i man i should have bought it but uh anyway this was a great book and i think everyone should give it a look i'm giving it a strong buy it
1: huge buy it for me too and i'm a big cartoon nerd and like i said i love the show if you haven't seen the show by all means watch it first i think you might have a little bit of trouble Translating the humor to the comic. I think I got it as so well because I have seen it. I saw Ron Mars post on Twitter earlier this week that he checked it out and, like, just did not get it at all. Yeah, <laughs> you know? he doesn't get it. And, you know, he's kind of a grumpy old dude. I get it. That's all right. We still love it, ron <laughs> But a huge buy from me as well.
2: Matt, tell us what you read.
1: This week I read Conan the Barbarian by Becky Clunan and Brian Wood. This is the story of Conan on the Savage Seas. It's adapted from the story... Queen of the Black Coast. Thank you. Queen of the Black Coast by Robert E. Howard. And this was Conan's time at sea where he fell in love with Belit, the pirate queen. When I first heard that Brian Wood was going to be taking over a Conan book, I thought, that's really strange. How is that going to... It just doesn't seem—and then I forgot—wait a minute. This is the guy that writes Northlanders. (laughs) Yeah. And I started—and I'd never read Northlanders, and so I picked up Northlanders and started catching up on that recently. It is one of the most brutal, soul-crushing books I have ever read, and I absolutely love it. And now that I I was 19 issues in before I read Conan and so ready— to see what he was going to do with Conan. So I was ready for more soul-crushing violence. (laughs) You know, just absolutely, you know, no happy end in sight. And that's not what I got at all. I got a
2: surprisingly
1: upbeat
2: Yeah, Conan Conan. is kind of like... This is a younger Conan, and so he's at a point in his life where he's like just... This, roaming around having a good time they're saying
1: he's in his early 20s so this is sort of like young bro Conan at this point yeah he's, Conan is a total bro <laughs> he really is and it's this is so far removed from what Tim Truman is doing with his Conan book like the Phoenix on the Sword right now which is the first published Conan story which shows Conan is King old. Conan grizzled yeah, king old. telling you know stories of his youth this is Conan running around Beating people up. <laughs> it was just totally Stealing out. horses, jumping on the boats, you know, falling in love with hot chicks. It yeah, was
2: it, it was really
1: great. <laughs> it was so it was it was just a nice breath of fresh air. I and I love Dark Horse's Conan. I I've, I've read it for a long time, but I can see how some people it gets a little wordy. It gets a little long. There's a lot of background. You really don't need any of that for this one.
2: No, see, I've never read any of those stories because I'm not a huge sword and sorcery fan historically. You know, I've seen Conan the Barbarian. I think that's fun. But beyond that, I don't have a whole lot of interest in in that genre. I read it on the strength of the creative team. Yeah. And I totally loved it. I totally loved it. Yeah, it was just... it was, And I've never read any of the other Conan comics, I, so... I've read a ton of them, and this
1: fits really well with it, but it is a new voice. This is fast, loose, fun, and Becky Cloonan, man. She, she nails it. I love what she does, but I've always equated everything she's done to sort of like indie comics darling sort of work, like her work on Demo. I mean, it's
2: very it's very manga influenced. It, I mean, it... Uh, she No, it is. It is. It's there. But she tones it down... from time to time and it's it's toned down here
1: i'm not saying that i didn't think she was capable of doing this book but i thought she was a really strange choice until i saw her art and she was so good here yeah she is quickly proving that she can draw whatever the hell she wants and it looks fantastic Fantastic. it's loose it's kinetic it still maintains the feel of like the cone of the time of conan i loved this book i loved it i'm giving this a huge buy it even you might not think you like conan go pick this up you do
2: okay (laughs) i'm giving it a buy it as well i mean i i wasn't sure and i am convinced i am on board for this ride buy it so that is a
1: double buy it for adventure time from kaboom for kids and a double buy it for conan the barbarian from dark horse as always we want to know what you nerds thought of these books, so hit us up on our Facebook page and tell us how completely correct we were in every way Every our review. Joe, before we move on, tweet time.
2: I have a tweet here from SuperFro33 at the Signed In Podcast. SuperFro! <laughs> who just wants to let us know that Suicide Squad this week was all kinds of awesome. I'm real quick here. And he's got a quote. Tell him yo-yo is alive.
1: Real quick, here I have no idea what that means. Joe Patrick's gonna be catching up on this one
2: for our catch up with you web. No, no guarantee original, no guarantees on when that will it's be happening.
0: <laughs> now, join us in the THN Sanctum Sanctorum mm. now, where we'll be ingesting a preserved stool sample from <laughs> the infamous Egyptian sorcerer Hath Set. Now, which will enable us to peer into the future of next week's comics, Joe? What title has the mystical thesis revealed to you? Come on, buddy, keep it together. <laughs> you gotta read
2: this crap before I. <laughs> what are you say? My pick for next week is Peter Panzerfaust number one from Image Comics, by Curtis Weeby, 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 Tyler Jenkins. I've been following Weeby's work on other books like Green Wake. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And The Intrepids, which I love. I didn't recognize his name at yes, first, but yeah.
0: Good, good stuff.
2: I always remember his name because that uh, the hero from King of Kong was named Weeby. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, the good guy, not the bearded fool. The good guy. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, but this is basically a World War II story with kind of a Peter Pan youthful analog inserted in it. looks some really, sort
0: of really out there. <laughs> freedom
2: fighter, and I'm really excited to give it a try. Matt!
0: Something about feces. I fought it <laughs> as hard as I could, and I am excited for Glory 23. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> By Joe Keating. I think it's Keating. Let's go with Keating. And Ross Campbell. These are the guys that worked together on the Eisner <laughs> award-winning Pop Gun anthology, and I have to see what they do with this. Not to mention the fact that the art by Campbell looks completely bizarre.
2: The the previews are full of just glory punching the heads off of Nazis it left and right. It just looks wacko. <laughs> Before we move on, I'd like to remind all listeners to keep their head and arms inside the ride at all times, because just last week some moron was hanging out the side screaming, hey, everybody, look at me, and pow! He was decapitated. So buckle yourselves in and hold on to your lunch, because it's time for Matt and I to review ten comics at roller coaster speed in the ludicrous speed round. Ludicrous speed, go! Pretty good.
0: Kevin Keller, number one. I refuse to read this one. <laughs> You're such a baby. I tried it.
2: <laughs> this is uh, the if first thing. Issue... Not because he's gay either. Let's back up. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> it's not that. <laughs> Here's your takeaway. Matt hates gay people. I hate Archie. <laughs> this is the outspoken, out of the closet gay character Kevin. At first ongoing issue, and it was all Archie. It's not soapboxy, it's not no, preachy. No. It just happens that he's gay. It is and what it is. If you like Archie, you'll like this. Skim it. Ninjets number one. This book was terrible. The art was <laughs> terrible. I didn't know what was
1: happening, it was poorly written. I didn't. I think this may have been the origin of the ninjets, but I'm not sure it was really it was a badass ninja chick she killed a pedophile and then killed a kid it was mean to be mean it was not good leave it Dark Matter number two
2: I wasn't super excited about Dark Matter number one but this issue had a twist yeah and I didn't read it that I enjoyed and I'm on board for the next one I'm giving it a buy it Secret Avengers
1: 22. I was really excited for this one. I wanted to like it a lot more than I did. I felt like Gabriel Hardman was kind of, yeah. he was out of his element here. I like his work on the Planet of the Age stuff he's done for Boom. But this, I don't know if it was over inked, but it just didn't work at all. And I still don't like the makeup of the team. I love Captain Britain. He's not a guy that you go get for a top secret. (laughs) Wrap it up, Buttercup. (laughs) It just didn't work for me at all. This is not a Covert Ops team. Skim it. I almost said leave it. I'm not doing it. The Strain. Number three, which I spelled the
2: stare <laughs> I was really enjoying this series until this issue, but it had so many weird, bizarre dialogue moments. Essentially, the screen number three ended with a character, I'm paraphrasing here, but as he's being eaten by a vampire, he says something to the effect of Well it could be voice <laughs> Is the vampire eating red scalp? <laughs> I don't know. It was so weird. I I'm giving it a It. it's on thin ice! Thief of Thieves number 1. This book was
1: awesome and it's part of an experiment by Robert Kirkman to bring in several different writers to write a comic book in the sense of like a TV writing room. The art by Martinborough, Sean Martinborough was awesome here. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it except for the very last page. There was a weird arm thing where the main character is like holding up a drink and saying I quit, but his arm looks like it's coming out of the center of his chest. It's kind of weird. I didn't get it. But I can't wait for the next one. Great dialogue. Great story. It read like a TV show. Buy it, buy it, buy it. Punisher Max 22.
2: This book ended the only way it possibly could oh, have. This was the final issue, wasn't it? This was the final issue. And if you don't know what I mean when I say that, there's no hope for you.
1: The Punisher's eyes melted out of his head. <laughs> Jason flaming blood. Galactus
2: showed up and Punisher <laughs> shot him. His war continues. In space. But Jason Aaron's Punisher Max has been really good I highly recommend tracking it down I'm giving this issue a buy it It was really, really great Wolverine and the X-Men number 5
1: Nick Bradshaw is so damn good at what he does At first I thought he was just a knockoff Arthur Adams That kind of drew everybody looking like fairies and elves But he's gotten over that This book looks fantastic And it's so much fun to read I love the kids I love Wolverine as a teacher I think this is the best X-Men
2: title running right now Buy it powers number eight i'm not gonna make any friends by saying this but i think it's time to put powers on the shelf really yeah i haven't read it yet it's not that it's not good i feel like he's told the story he set out to tell I, and now we're keeping it on life support I and think you
1: hate brian michael bendis
2: putting one issue out a year is not doing it for me
1: i think you are racist towards brian michael bendis
2: i don't know skim it it was okay oh huh. but i don't look forward to it anymore Kabang! That is your ludicrous speed round,
1: and kabang It's the sound it makes when Kevin Keller accidentally steps into a bucket and trips over a lawnmower. It's <laughs> oh, Archie Comics, guy. Joe Patrick, read these kids a tweet. They love the sound of their own voice so much. <laughs> read them a damn tweet.
2: Our next tweet comes from Brian Holmes 101, who says, "My buddy can't stop doing parkour moves with a dish towel tied over his face." While screaming, Grifta! (laughs) Any advice? Oh, God, you kids. Stop reading Grifta. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on!
1: (laughs) It's time again for Joe and I to answer all your deepest, darkest comic questions in this month's edition of Ask a Nerd. This week, Ryan writes via email. Is there a storyline that you wish someone would have explored more? My classic example is Marvel's Silent War. Don't know why, but I absolutely loved it. And being an Inhumans fan, it was so unexpected. I was really curious to see where it went with Maximus on the throne instead of Black Bolt. Do you guys have any examples of this? Just curious. Joe Pa? Joe
2: Patrick? Thank you. <laughs> uh, for me, keep forgetting we can't be the Joe Pa. Thing. <laughs> I am the new Joe Pa. For me, the biggest story that I was disappointed to see swept under the rug was the idea of uh, Peter and Mary Jane like kind of growing up and having a family. Yes. And God. I know maybe this is the minority opinion but I was excited for the fact that they were going to have a kid And it was kind of taking a turn away from the same old stuff that it had been for
1: so long. You want to talk about character growth. Let's see Peter Parker, the dad. Let's see him as a man, like having to think about his family and stuff. Right. And he turns and he comes home, you know, after Aunt May has just died of a bullet wound and he's totally upset. Oh, yeah. And Mary Jane says, Peter, I didn't want to tell you this because of what everything's been going on, but I'm pregnant. Right, and he breaks down, and she's like, "I'm sorry, I know you've had too much." And he's like, "No, no, I can't tell you how perfect this is."
2: And this was at the, the just, height of
1: the Clone Saga. Just promise me, if it's a girl, we name her May.
0: Oh, and there's not a dry eye in the house. <laughs> oh my God! I think
2: Matt Baum has rewritten. <laughs> I'm Spider-Man telling you, Newity. dear Marvel, I'm available. <laughs> but Marvel put the brakes on as hard as they could pulled back on the idea, wrote the baby out of continuity and brought back Aunt May and then years later decided, you know what? The marriage has to go too. And the idea that Spider-Man can't grow up, I understand he's an icon, but... And this is not to say that Dan
1: Slott has not been killing it. No, I love Amazing
2: Amazing Spider-Man.
1: Despite all of this, we both love
2: it. I I was ready for that stage of Spider-Man's life and I didn't get it. Matt!
1: You know, I wanted to come up with something big and profound like that because that is an excellent one. And I maybe it was because we were going so quick, but the first thing that jumped into my head was Fred Van Lenty's Taskmaster. He did a oh, four-issue limited series that's a wonderful comic. that came out last year that was so much fun. And it, it was this new spin on the character who's been around a lot lately, but no one can really decide what he's going to be. I mean, he's a like, mercenary. He's a mercenary, yes, but sometimes he's got a weird accent. Sometimes he's just a cackling evil bad guy. And in this, Fred Van Lente set him up as this blank slate where, basically, he was a character that couldn't remember anything other than all the killer moves that he's established. Well, e-
2: every time he learned a new move, it pushed something else yeah. important it was, out of it his was brain. It was almost like
1: Memento. Where, like, yeah. Sometimes he was just sort of faking his way through things and slowly through this story that was just completely nuts that took you to like a town in the Andes Mountains where all where <laughs> everyone, Hitler, everyone was had, Hitler. Hitler had escaped to. <laughs> a town full of Hitlers. And, and like all the indigenous people looked like Hitler and spoke German. And, like, oh man. It was so this was
2: such a fun I love book that series, and the
1: whole idea behind like what he did with the Taskmaster—that whole idea of him not being able to remember this stuff and trying to cover it up—and it turned out that he may or may not have been working for Nick Fury, and he forgot. <laughs> you
2: know, like, yeah. That he had somebody that was in charge of kind of writing him every time he went blank. Yes, it was so much
1: fun, and we only got four issues, and it went away. Please, 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 give us more of
2: this, yeah, because now he's just back to being yeah a weird, cackling madman again, villain slash mercenary. Yeah. Guy. Thanks for the awesome question, Ryan. That really was a good one, and I'd like to say we got a lot of ask nerd questions over the last couple weeks. We will get to them. It's just that we can only do one at a time
1: and we can't all read them all on the show either but we do try to answer every one of them. So if keep you your questions
2: coming. and if you wrote in and we haven't responded yet it's coming
0: sort of break it break it down like this. Sort of
2: That is it for the Two-Headed Nerd Comic Cast for the first show of our second year.
1: Our birthday is over, and we are officially not special anymore. Year two, part one. But you can still subscribe to the show on iTunes. And while you're there, please, please, please leave us a star rating. And guess what? If you were to write us a little something, it helps so much, and it makes us love you even more than we already do. If that could be possible. And I'll tell you,
0: it's gross how much we love you guys.
2: Ew. Huge thanks to this week's donor, Dexter, And if you'd like to help fund our ongoing legal feud with each other... You can make your donations in any amount by clicking our donate button at TwoHeadedNerd.com.
1: While you're there, you can find links to our Twitter feed and our email TwoHeadedNerd at gmail.com, where you can beg for reading suggestions from the comic pushers, who will gladly fill your prescription without a doctor's note. And, keep your THN mascot art coming for the official THN mascot contest. What do you think the Two-Headed Nerd looks like? Put pencil to paper and draw it. Our friend Nick Simon drew the worst one I've ever seen, but we are thankful
2: for it. (laughs) If that's not enough for you, head over to our Facebook page where you can become a fan of THN. Listen, there are a lot of you out there that have not gone to our Facebook page and clicked like. Yeah. What's wrong with you? We need a bigger Facebook You know what's on our Facebook page right now? Our entire completely inappropriate for work live recording from the birthday party where
1: i sound like i was broadcasting from
2: inside of a tuba inside the womb (laughs) go there go to there and become a fan of thn click the damn like button and while you're there answer the question of the week
1: this week's query do you think gary friedrich is in the wrong for selling bootleg ghostwriter merch and should he have to pay the damages
2: complicated question it is complicated
1: Joe, before we finish this up, why don't you give us one more tweet?
2: (laughs) Our last tweet comes from Brian Holmes 101's friend, Brian, (laughs) who says, you know what? I think you're right. The Grifter isn't working for me. I'm so disappointed. It's a sore letdown from such an action crime. It only took six months of us bashing Grifter for him to finally realize how bad. (laughs) <laughs> yeah,
1: It's not that great.
2: Before we go, our weekly shout-out. And I want to love it, okay? Huge
1: gripter fan. Our weekly shout-out goes to Casey and Jim for planning the bestest birthday a boy could ever hope for. Word to you guys. And until next time, true believers, this is the Two-Headed Nerd, signing off.
0: Oh, we're heroes, not zeros. we oh, what? God, what? Fake beer, so here's the facts So we got power to the max You know we're tough as nails But all else fails Call yes. There's a steel yes. the deal yes. You better watch out